Good evening and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLocal and follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Subscribing is free and keeps you up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis. On tonight's episode, we will be talking about some upcoming developments within the NHL, including the start of free agency, some trades and things that have happened over the past 48 hours or so, and talking a bit about Winnipeg's post-round one draft picks, which is actually what we'll start with tonight, because I think that that is probably one of the more interesting topics as far as the Jets are concerned. Kicking us off at the first pick after the Cole Perfetti pick was pick number 40, and this one is Daniel Torgerson. And Torgerson is an interesting prospect because I think a lot of people thought that the Jets had reached on him a little bit, especially when Noel Gundler was taken right after him by the Carolina Hurricanes. Now, Torgerson is is not really Logan Stanley. He's not the kind of pick that the Jets used to make where they would overdraft a prospect with very limited upside. Thorgerson is most likely going to be a real NHLer and potentially a quality one at that. In isolation, I think picking Torgerson is actually very fair. You know, at 40th overall, he's got a really nice skill set. He's not really like a high-end attacking forward, but what he brings is a really huge frame with quality mobility, pretty good top-end speed. Not like amazing, right? He's not a really fleet-footed player, but for his size, he's not immobile. He can get up and down the ice. And he also demonstrates a pretty nice nose for the net. One of the things that he does especially well is sort of driving with his entire frame towards the net, carving a line through defensive structures, and making a beeline to try and create something near the net mouth area. He certainly got a pro-grade shot, and he's not afraid to use it, so he was able to score quite a few goals in some of the junior leagues. Again, he is a little bit on the larger side, especially compared to his peers. I mean, we're talking like a 6'3"-ish guy, I believe. And Torgerson is definitely one of those players who can certainly impose his, his physical will on players, but from what I understand, he's actually not somebody who likes to throw a lot of big physical checks and stuff. He's definitely not afraid to mix it up with opposing players, but he's also not somebody who's going for a lot of physical play and the kind of stuff that gets you a lot of penalty minutes. He seems to be decently disciplined, and I think that also kind of impacts his defensive awareness, especially on the back check, where he seems to have pretty good two-way acumen. I, I think that that kind of approach is actually very nice to have, because if you have a little more discipline in your game, especially somebody at his size, it might actually turn him into a more well-rounded forward and somebody that you can entrust a few more minutes to. If he is as defensively resolute as some of the scouts have suggested, I could easily see him being a nice penalty-killing forward, and supposedly he might be used as a net front presence on the power play, but uh, a couple of folks don't think that that is really the best place to use him. As far as like what his potential outlook is, I think a solid third liner to maybe a, a, a fringe second liner would make sense. You know, he's not exactly somebody who is going to have tremendous amounts of skill and like high-end upside but I think what you're getting with him is a really well-rounded package of different skills I think of the flaws that he has he could work on improving the strength of his shot I mean he's got a nice release but he tends to have to use it closer to the net because he doesn't really have an explosive slap shot or a really really strong wrister but of course with the frame that he has it's probably not that difficult to add a bit more muscle mass to his upper body and create a little more torque and force on the stick at least relatively speaking I I think the other thing that does show up a little bit is that he's not exactly the most agile skater. I think that for one thing he has a little bit of trouble with tighter turns and he's also not somebody who has a really explosive first step. His acceleration is okay but it's not exactly again something that's going to like turn and burn on the jets. I mean he's going to be a decent skater and somebody who can certainly keep up at the pro level but he's not like Jean-Luc Foudy who just kind of motors up and down the ice constantly. You know Torkerson is a little bit more of a project player in the sense that he definitely has a nice foundational tool set and even though it 
doesn't really have a whole lot of high-end upside, I think he'll be a nice second-line player down the road, especially if you give him somebody who can feed him. If he improves his shot and kind of works on some of his offensive instincts and acceleration, I feel like you wouldn't be amiss thinking he might be like a 20-25 to goal scorer, especially if you give him a nice center to, to find those net front drives. Am I expecting the world? No, I think middle six is probably what we're going to get with him. But, you know, he's certainly a nice pick, and I don't think that it's a really bad idea for the Jets to have taken a flyer on him because, to be honest, they don't really have many play-driving wings who might be good facilitators out wide. They've got plenty of goal-scoring wings, but not exactly ones who are really strong on the puck and capable of transitioning up and down the ice, which Torgerson looks a little more like he can do. I'm going to briefly skip Winnipeg's next pick because I kind of want to spend a little bit more time talking about him. So we'll go to the end, which was their final of four picks. And this was pick 164, Tyrell Bauer, who is a little bit more of an unknown for me. Not many scouts have actually watched Tyrell just because he plays for the Seattle Thunderbirds and that whole team is apparently a bit of a mess. I did see something from Reese Jessup, who does work, I believe, in the pro scouting industry, or at least in one of the uh, NHL organizations or something, and he said that Tyrell is an interesting gamble for the Jets. He said that he's got some considerable size, which makes sense for the Jets because they do like a, they do like drafting some of these larger and taller defensemen, especially those who are on the more physical side, which Tyrell definitely is. He has quite a few fights to his resume. But what kind of stands out is that Tyrell apparently showcased some high-end puck-moving ability in brief flashes. You know, that team is pretty bad, generally speaking. The Thunderbirds are certainly not well-coached, and I feel like Tyrell's potential may be being buried. But what Reese and some others have indicated is that Tyrell actually has legitimate tools. You know, he might have some pretty good vision, he might have a nice shot, and pretty good skating, especially for a guy his size. So, if you get him out of Seattle, he might be an interesting player to take a flyer on. And especially for where the Jets drafted him, I don't think that you can be too upset with this pick. If Tyrell actually pans out as like a quality, you know, maybe third pairing defender or something, especially for where they got him, I feel like you have to be thrilled with that. If he does in fact have some high-end puck-moving skill, especially in transition, that'd be an even better boon. I think the Jets really need somebody who can be a strong presence on the puck and who can get the puck out of the defensive zone and transition through the neutral and into the offensive zone. That's something that they don't really have on the back end. And even though I'm not somebody who likes to draft for size in particular, it can be a useful asset when you marry it with somebody with skill. You know, size alone is not really a great trait to have. You have to have the skill to use that size in a way that allows you to either get the puck out of your own end, especially as a defender, or to drive towards the opposing net. And Tyrell might actually be able to do both in some capacities. We'll see what he does over the next couple of seasons. Winnipeg may want to get him out of Seattle if they feel he's not really progressing there. But certainly of the picks the Jets have taken, he's probably one of the ones that I think got the least amount of scouting. Folks weren't really keeping a close eye on him from what I understand, and I don't know if that many people had him ranked uh, particularly highly. He did get drafted around where I think some of the North American scouting services had him ranked, which was, you know, 165-ish. So all in all, I think the Jets might have gotten an interesting prospect and somebody to maybe keep in mind just for the long-term future. You know, Tyrell may have quite a bit of work to do, but if he ends up panning out and his raw tools come into form, maybe he's something special down the road. Speaking of players with special tool sets and some raw potential, up next we're going to talk about Winnipeg's third pick of this draft, Anton Johannesson, and why he might be one of the more interesting prospects Winnipeg has brought into its system because he's a very boom-robust kind of guy. But before then, I wanted to tell you a little bit about Lives of the Stoics, The Art of Living from Zeno to Marcus Aurelius. From the best-selling authors of The Daily Stoic comes the ultimate stoicism guide to success, resilience, and virtue, to accept what you cannot control and adapt to what you can. Sports teams across the country are applying this popular philosophy to using stoicism's key idea. You control how you respond and play. You don't control what the refs and fans do or how the ball bounces. It's about what you did to adapt. 
Lives of the Stoics, The Art of Living from Zeno to Marcus Aurelius is available now wherever books are sold. For many men, discussing erectile dysfunction and getting treatment for it is often a very complicated and embarrassing process. A lot of guys just don't want to admit that they feel they're responsible for it, and they'll come up with excuses like, I've lost my mojo, or I've had a long day at work, or sorry honey, I'm just not feeling it. With Roman, however, it's finally easy to talk about ED, where you can talk with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. Using Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare pro will work with you step-by-step to find the best treatment plan, and if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is super simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Sign up today and get the treatment you deserve. Welcome back to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast. As we were talking earlier in tonight's episode, we are recapping some of Winnipeg's earlier draft picks. We started with, of course, Cole Perfetti in the previous episode, and today we're covering the day two of the draft where we had three picks, and the first one was Daniel Torgerson at 40th overall. We did skip one player to talk about Tyrell Bauer, who was taken at 164th, because I wanted to take a little bit more time dissecting Anton Johannesson. Johannesson was taken at 133rd overall, but he might be a genuine draft steal. The young Swedish defender is kind of an interesting prospect for a couple of reasons. I think the first is that he has really explosive offensive potential. And as far as young players who like to pass the puck a lot are concerned, Anton Johannesson is one of the defenders with the most pass attempts per game for just about any league. Johannesson's like a weird player. He's definitely somebody who loves to distribute from deeper positions on the back end, and he's also very confident when controlling the puck and moving up the ice. The closest comparison I could think of is thinking about maybe like a deep-lying midfielder who plays football and and is able to sort of pick out long-distance targets and feed his teammates for breakouts or counters. Anton at one point was a very heralded prospect coming up through the Swedish system, but unfortunately he had a number of upper body injuries, I think including his wrist and his shoulder, that basically sidelined him for multiple parts of the past couple of seasons. He's really not been able to play all that many games, but when he has, he's been a very exciting player to watch. I think he's one of those guys who I would classify as a high event skater, which in some cases is really good, in some cases does have a couple of downsides. I think one of the things that he needs to work on is when he does try these stretch passes, especially in a pro men's league, he does need to pick his spots better. I think that he likes to get guys up the ice, and he'll often attempt really crazy passes, but a lot of them do get picked off, especially within his own blue line, and sometimes he just sort of pulls off these crazy passes that if you had them at a higher level, I think, you know, NHLers would immediately identify where that pass is going and intercept it, leading to a counter. Overseas, you might get a little bit more time and space to pull these passes off, but, you know, obviously in the NHL, it's going to be a bit of a different story. Even the AHL, he might have trouble pulling off some of these passes. It could just be the way that HV71 has been using him as like a really mobile, essentially puck distributor from the deep end, like almost like a power play quarterback, but running at even strength as well. So that might be why he's trying so many, but I also think that, you know, coming into more pro leagues, he's going to have to control that urge a little bit. That said, I think that he's a very smart and intelligent defender. He does seem to know where to position himself when he's trying to back check and essentially intercept plays. But I think the uh, a couple of other things that do stick out are that, for one thing, he does occasionally lose track of his mark, and sometimes he's not 100% sure where a play is developing next, because he is kind of watching the puck a little bit too much, and he might be trying to play the puck before the man, perhaps, 
which, given that he is an extremely young player, isn't that surprising. This is the kind of defensive awareness and predictive ability that not many kids his age will have. The only other downside that I think people have identified is that he is very small and on the weaker side. You know, he's like 5'9", and I think around 140 pounds. So, you know, when he does get a little bit mixed up in between other forwards and, and opposing skaters in his own end, he often loses the puck and can't win physical battles. It's a little bit like what Toby Enstrom went through with the Jets, except Toby actually compensated for that brilliantly. Toby often used a, a nice long stick and really specific positioning to try and mentally force players to play the way that he wanted to and force them into suboptimal decisions. Johannesson is not quite the same player, and I feel like Anton will have to learn a little bit more of what, you know, Toby used to do, where he would use his stick to sort of force opposing skaters to make the decisions that favored, you know, Toby's smaller size. I think Johannesson, if he starts to develop those skill sets, and he already has some of them, but if he further refines them and hones them, he'll be a much more effective defender. You know, obviously, I'm not expecting him to win too many corner battles, but as a defender and, and essentially having to man mark in, in a system like Winnipeg's, he is going to have to have more defensive responsibility, and he will have to be prepared to grind along some wall battles, which, you know, you can argue whether or not that's the best way to go about it, but that's just the nature of the NHL. Johannesson, I think, will struggle with that initially, especially if he doesn't add much muscle mass. But all that said, he was a fifth-round pick, and when you look at the kind of offensive potential he has, he's an incredibly dynamic attacker from the back end. Legitimately, in this draft, I mean, obviously defenders were in short supply this year, especially really high-quality ones, but Johannesson might have the most offensive potential of all of the blue line skaters. The kid is genuinely gifted and has some incredible vision, which, you know, he's still working on getting the, the stick-handling skills to match, but he has upfield, up-ice vision that allows him to pick out targets a great distance. He's also very comfortable quarterbacking play, especially inside the offensive zone, and he racked up quite a few points when he was playing in some of the uh, the junior Swedish leagues, so I think that there is quite a bit of potential for him to do something at the North American pro level. He is a fairly long-term project, and I can see why so many people are very hit or miss on him. Some have called him a bit of an enigma just because he hasn't actually had much ice time to display all of his skill sets and what he brings. Over the last two seasons, I think he played around 50 games total so obviously injuries have been a significant concern for him but as far as taking like a home run swing in a late round pick is concerned I think that this is about as good as it gets the Jets are likely thrilled that they got Johannesson where they did he might have been a target that they were thinking about and maybe the end of the third round or the fourth round if they needed to trade up or something but ultimately they got their guy in the fifth round I think teams are going to be upset that they passed on him and, and maybe they should have taken a flyer He's a rare kind of offensive quarterback who could be a real menace at the NHL level, especially if he adds a little bit more strength and a bit more patience to his game. Johannesson is definitely one for the future, but there's quite a bit of contemporary news and free agents available for the Jets to start working on right now. Up next, we'll take a look at a few of them, including a couple of trades that have actually occurred over the last couple of hours. But before then, I thought you should hear about the fine folks at DoorDash.com. Figuring out your home dinner plans during quarantine can be a bit of a tricky process. Members of your household might not help because everyone wants something different. Maybe one person wants tacos, another person wants Vietnamese takeout, and maybe your dog wants a pizza. You might be wondering how to make everyone in your family happy, but thankfully DoorDash has a very simple answer. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is super easy. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with a new contactless delivery drop-off setting. 
With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-to spots or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Right now, it's incredibly important to support your local businesses and restaurants, and you can find many of your favorite local spots on the DoorDash app. Best of all, while supporting local businesses, you can also save money, because right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app on the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNHL for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Welcome back to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are closing out a fun speculative episode on Winnipeg's future and the recent prospect draft picks with some stuff related to more immediate and pressing concerns. We'll start with a couple of trades that have occurred, and I think one of the weirder ones is Matt Murray going to the Ottawa Senators for, I believe, a second-round pick. The Sens right now are trying to figure out how to hit the cap floor, which I, I understand Murray's contract is a bit on the bigger side, and it's not like they have a particularly great goaltending platoon, but this is kind of an odd trade for a couple of reasons. For one, I definitely have some concerns about Murray's performance over the past couple of seasons, and he's signed for a pretty expensive contract, so I'm not really sure what Ottawa is trying to accomplish here. Two, I'm kind of wondering what exactly the plan for Murray is, because Ottawa's not really in a contending state, and I'm not sure that there are many teams that would want to bring on Murray's cap hit. It's not clear if he's going to be spending the rest of his career there, just spending a couple of seasons, or what exactly the plan with Murray is. He feels like a bit of a cap anchor right now, so that's maybe what Ottawa is counting on, but to actually pay a draft pick for him, I'm not sure why Ottawa would be doing that right about now, especially when they need all the futures they can get. Another curious trade is Max Domi for Josh Anderson. Both guys are, are essentially entering expiring contracts to need new extensions. Domi signed a new extension, I believe, yesterday for about two years and around five or so million. And Josh Anderson just signed for around five and a half by seven, which both of these contracts are interesting for different reasons. But the Anderson one's kind of crazy because he does have a slight injury history and certainly his recent scoring performance doesn't look great. I actually think that Anderson will do fine in Montreal. He might be a really good player, and he's shown signs of being an excellent top six forward in the past, but the term is definitely a touch on the longer side. That's not a short contract, and if anything goes wrong, you know, the Habs are kind of stuck with it. So I don't really know. I don't get it. It is what it is. I, I could imagine that there are a variety of reasons why Montreal wants to lock Anderson up. I do think that he is a talented forward, and he has something to prove. We also have some interesting buyouts, and one of them in particular, I believe Alexander Venberg from the Columbus Blue Jackets would make a great fit for the Jets if he was willing to take a cheaper short-term deal. At one point, Venberg was a bit of a nice top-six playmaking center. I think at this stage, he has regressed a bit, and Columbus certainly hasn't done him too many favors. I think Venberg still has something left in the tank, and if you put him alongside somebody like Patrick Liney or Nikolai Ehlers, I think his natural playmaking instincts and ability to rack up quite a few assists will start to show itself. He's a nice stopgap solution for a Jets team that definitely needs help down the middle, but he might not be the best fit. I think that there is one other candidate from Vegas who the Jets are rumored to be asking about, and that is Paul Stastny. Vegas needs cap help, especially after signing Chandler Stevenson for like three or three and a half million for a couple of seasons, and Stastny is entering the last year of a contract that carries an average annual value of six and a half million. Bringing back Paul would be a nice upgrade for this Jets team, especially with Brian Little likely sidelined for the rest of his career. Unfortunately for Little, this is this is a really tough time, and I feel awful for him. 
the Jets are going to have to figure out something to do in his absence, and Stastny seems like a nice short-term stopgap until Cole Perfetti comes along. Best of all, I feel like the Jets should actually be paid to bring on Stastny's contract, especially since they'd be doing the Knights a favor. I don't know if they're actually going to try to do the inverse and pay a pick, but if I'm sending something to to Vegas, I, I have to get Nate Schmidt coming the other way. I think Schmidt might be an alright defender. I don't know at this stage of his career if he's actually as good as he used to be when he first arrived in Vegas, but hopefully he'll be decent for the Jets if he gets packaged in. There are a lot of opportunities for the Jets to improve this roster rapidly, especially heading into next season, because they will be getting some reinforcements on the back end, but you don't want to throw all the kids into the fire immediately. It's also true that getting an immediate top six center might help convince Liney to stick it out for one more season and give it a shot until Cole Perfetti is ready. If Perfetti is ready to play next season and, in fact, anchors that third line, Winnipeg might be capable of doing really good damage in the central division. We've seen that Paul Maurice at times when he feels he can trust the roster. We'll cut them loose and let them have fun. That's what the Jets need to have happen again, and, you know, I'm not really confident that it's going to happen next season, but if it does, I think the Jets have a decent chance of making some noise in the West. That, though, is in the future, and who knows what the future should hold. That's going to do it for tonight's episode. I thank you so much for listening. As always, be sure to like and follow and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice and before you log off check out the locked on national podcast hosted by sarah avampado as well as all of our other colleagues shows including locked on lightning locked on stars and many of our other top 10 teams from this year's draft including buffalo ottawa and more as always have a great night and go jets go